When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, I'm Chris Wynn, and welcome to another special edition of Roker Report, where today we are talking to a Sunderland fan who came through the ranks and burst onto the scene in the early 90s before going on to make 145 appearances between 1993 and 1999 and he must have been good because we gave him a complimentary nickname today we are privileged to be speaking to martin smith welcome martin hi chris pleased to be here i was gonna say do you, do you ever get tired of people bringing up uh, the son of pelle or, or do you still lap it up um it's, it's still nice to be remembered it's sort <laughs> of uh, it didn't just stay with Sunderland either it, it was one of them that sort of followed us all around the, to the clubs i went to it was either Somebody I knew who was at the club who who knew the nickname or it's as I say just talking there like journalists and fanzines and they do a bit of digging and, and find out uh, so it is it's it's sort of always stuck with us and <laughs> I say when it first came out it was a bit tongue in cheek and then you sort of think oh god this will just die off but as I say it's just still nice to be remembered for something so it's a son of Pelle that's that's fair enough. Yeah, well, speaking about being remembered, I'd uh, I'd like to mention at this point that uh, I actually played a handful of games alongside Martin for a five-a-side team at uh, Crowtree Leisure Centre quite a few years ago, and I made such an impression that he couldn't remember us. Um, (laughs) That's more to do with my memory than anything else. That's nothing to do with you. But I I do remember one great assist. I got the ball from the keeper a couple of yards outside the the keeper's box in the the five-a-side pitch. Passed it to you just inside uh, our half on the left-hand side, and you pinged it right into the bottom of corner of their goal. But clearly, it was it was all about the assist for that. <laughs> the, the, the highlight of my football career. No, still good. Some good times there, Crotty. A, yeah. a great league goal, and it was just a shame when it, it closed down. But uh, no, I still try and get out and play myself now. Even just on a Wednesday, or Thursday night, up at goals, up at uh, beat. So say, still try and get out there. Still try to stick them in the bottom corner. Yeah, some some good lads as well. So you you've always been a, a massive Sunderland fan. So how, how old were you when you first started going to rugby? Um, I mean, I, I can't. I, I'd be lying if I'd said an exact year, but I remember it, it, sort of like it was yesterday. The first time I walked in, it was a reserve team game, a uh, night game, uh, and obviously football isn't sort of wasn't shown as much then as it is now. Um, so never seen a sort of a great deal sort of the big stadiums and this but I just remember walking up main stand paddock and looked out and it was like wow this is something special I was saying my dad said you said it was I'm going to play you and uh, said I just remembered the pitch was so green the lights coming down and said that after just that first 
time I walked into Oak Park, I can still remember it. Um, so I would be thinking you're probably looking sort of late seventies, which obviously God, it sounds like a hell of a long time ago now. <laughs> but yeah, it was then. Um, that's the first time I remember going in, and then sort of going to league games over the years through the eighties um, with with different people, friends, family. Uh, my mum would take me at times. Um, so just 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 loved it from the start, from the first time I. Say first time I went to Roker Park, just never never lost that buzz of going there. Um, so yeah, just massive ever since I sort of can remember. Just uh, love love Sunderland. Yeah. There's some big games down the years. I remember sort of uh, Man United when we beat them. Clive Walk was hat rick. Hmm. The cup runs were Westie scoring against Chelsea. Gordon's headed against Chelsea. You know, I was sort of about all them as a hmm. as a supporter. So just sort of great memories. And then uh, to sort of get to the the point where I signed for them and then go on to make my debut was just uh, mm. this is something I said to my dad I would do and <laughs> I did kind of around that time your first hero was like Dags of Gary Rowell and... yeah I just remember this sort of Stan Cummins Gary Rowell um, going back to say because it's so long ago now you just <laughs> you kind of picture times about Ali, Ali McCoyst Barry Benison Nicky Pick you know just sort of all them Kevin Arnott Sean Elliott so I couldn't say I remember exactly when I first saw them, but sort of they were me, me heroes. Uh, love Chris Turner, goalkeeper. Yeah, brilliant goalkeeper. Just yeah, just going back so many. It's like many, so many pub probably a lot of people haven't heard of you. Joe Hinnigan's and Amon Rose, <laughs> Steve Berry's, you know. So yeah, that was I saw uh, at every strip from sort. Of, I think there was the pinstripe one quite early on. Um, so yeah, just uh, just so many sort of memories. And uh, I think we sort of got into the later 80s and sort of Marco just became a hero. I think everybody, mm. everybody loved Marco. We'd seen sort of nothing like him before. Uh, so yeah, he was sort of my last big hero as a as a fan before I sort of went into the club myself. That's, that's a hell of a list of players. That <laughs> brilliant, brilliant listening to that. <laughs> Good game, player after player. Yeah. Saying, as I say, just going all the way back. Yeah, mm. just. Uh, so many. Yeah. Well, I, I read I read somewhere that um, before signing for Sunderland, you'd, you'd spent a couple of years up the road when you were when you were pretty young. How, how did Sunderland let, let that happen then? <laughs> it was I'd been playing for Sunderland schoolboys. I mean, things were uh, sort of a lot different then. Yeah, the lads in the academies now that I think they go in nearly nearly every day, every and and couple of nights after school. Where back back then there was just like an excellent school where you would go one night a week. And I, I remember playing for Sunderland schoolboys. So I would have been probably in my last year at primary school, and they asked me to go uh, go through there. I think there was probably three or four of us from the Sunderland schoolboys teams for that that year who got asked to go, uh, and I hadn't been asked into Sunderland by then. Uh, so when we used to train through on a on a Monday night through with Ben, well, luckily ended up training with Gazza a few times when he got in the first team. They used wow. to keep him out. Yeah, used to to keep him out of trouble. <laughs> bring him in training with 11 and 12 year olds on a Monday night so we would train with them and uh, yeah probably says it, I think maybe yeah I'd probably I was there till maybe 13 or 14 so it was more I think towards the end of that when we trained Gaza would come in and train with us so yeah but I knew you had Lee Clark Alan Thompson sort of Stevie Watson they were all with, like a year older than me so I've known of and sort of trained with them Ever since I was there, but yeah, that was it. Was basically just because they were the first team to ask me. Um, and say back then, you you didn't have say 
a lot of scouts and a lot of clubs chasing you, so you, you were sort of limited for choice anyway. So it was basically just first come to third you just went there. And again, I don't, thinking back, I don't think the rivalry was as intense or as big as it is now. I don't know whether that was just me as a, a younger lad, but I never felt it was it was that intense. Or you go to Newcastle, because I remember like a few of my friends, that we'd get free tickets, or a few of my friends who I went to school with, obviously same as me, huge Sunder fans, we would sometimes go through and watch Newcastle on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Didn't get the same buzz, but we we go. You know what I mean. It, it didn't seem that wrong to do that. Um, mm. As I say now, we wouldn't think you wouldn't <laughs> think about doing that. You know what I mean. No, no. My son coming and says I'm out and watching your classic. <laughs> like, all right, I'll pack your bags and I'll. You know what I mean. Yeah. So, but again, then it wasn't until I got a bit. I think probably 13 or 14. It was a case where Newcastle wanted to get me signed up on schoolboy forms, but by then. I'd, I'd sort of made my mind up. I was in and around the England set up like schoolboys, so there was a lot more interest from all over the country. But I was always going to go to Sunderland, and so I, even though I was training at Newcastle uh, and enjoying it, and they were they were great with this, it was I'd, I'd known for a while I wasn't going to do the schoolboys and the schoolboy forms and the apprenticeship there. It was always going to be going to Sunderland. So. Yeah, I think it was about 14, 15 when then I started to sort of to go into Sunderland and, and train there as well during school holidays. And as I say, that was more or less when they'd asked me to go in and sign. Uh, it was sort of a no-brainer for me. I mean, when you, you started getting into the youth, I mean, was this still kind of when Roger Jones was? Doing yeah, about? Roger. I think Crosby was still involved a bit. I think I, I made my debut for the... For the uh, for the youth team, I was still at school, and I scored two goals, <laughs> so straight away. Yeah, but it was it was Roger uh, Crozer, obviously Jim Morrow took me in. He was he was the scout, did everything, youth development officer. I think they were mm. called them days. So yeah, yeah him and uh, first manager when I went, he would have been Dennis Smith and sort of Viv Busby and all that were there. So great, mm. great people, great coaches. I mean, you've mentioned a few coaches there, but who were kind of the biggest influences at the club when when you were coming through? It's it's funny because we went in and Roger and Cross were there and I loved them, but they say you think I'm back and they ended up leaving and I, I can't think if they left under they must have left when I think Roger moved up with Crosser when Crosser got the job so then we ended up with Jonathan Trigg mm. I think he was three years older than us yeah and he was coaching us and it wasn't it, that wasn't looking back was the right thing to do you know you. Mm. We've gone from having good experience players to having Triggy. He was a great fella, but as one of them, you'd end up having a couple of pints with them as well, you know, and it wasn't like the discipline sort of side wasn't there. And then I think Triggy left, and then there was a big change when George Heard and Monty come in. You know, that was, they were superb. Just hard, so hard on you. But knowledge, stuff you learn from George, uh, as I say, he, he taught me stuff that I wouldn't have learned up to somebody like John Trigg. George, obviously, being a great player from the club and just stuff he passed on was brilliant. And as I say, between him and Monty, Jesus, they'd let you know if you weren't doing something, but you respected them, you know. Um, so, yeah, they were. They, it was a big sort of difference when they, they came into the, to you, the old set-up. Yeah. Well, I mean, with Malcolm Crosby and Roger Jones moving up, I mean, was there, no, was there any kind of hints from Malcolm Crosby to say, when he took charge, to say, you know, you've, all you kids, you kind of got a chance, and I don't mind bringing you through if you're good enough. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd sort of heard I was close to getting a debut probably a year before I did under Crosser, uh, but he ended up leaving. Mm. So I think I was 
I'd been doing well and I, I was close to sort of getting involved a bit more because we, we played a couple of, I think we played a practice game against Hartlepool and I, I, did, I remember did, I did really well and he, he said, somebody he's going to save us millions in and it, and it was close but he wasn't, we weren't having a great sort of time on the pitch with the first team. I think Crosby obviously got the job on the back of the FA Cup run and it just yeah. it didn't didn't work out for him. So as I say, it, it was I was I was close to getting on there. I'm sure he, he maybe he's given Mickey's debut. I could be wrong. But there was like Mickey and Russ, yeah. obviously and myself who were the three who we always thought about and I think uh, as I say we, we were a bit closer but as I say Crosby left and then Butch took over the first team. Yeah, did did he take much notice of the the youth teams, and was it did he have, he, have his eye out? Okay, I know he, as I say, Mickey and uh, and Russ played, so I think he he probably did, but I think again I was sort of pushed like back down, sort of where I might have been close. I don't think I was even thought of for quite a while. Um, so yeah, but again, it wasn't. I don't think obviously. I think like some Russia yaki. So I mean, there was reasonably young players in there. Yeah, yeah. You look at lads now. You see, always a young lad, twenty-one, twenty-two. Well, we'd probably made about <laughs> fifty, sixty, seventy games by then. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just it was just a different time. So there was probably younger lads in and around it. But I think with Crosser, you always felt you might have a chance because he'd always looked at after the youth team, the reserve team. So he knew everybody. Where I think, as I say, Butch was probably the bit different and wanted to maybe just try and get that bit more experience in. Yeah. Well, well, he didn't bring you in, you know, the season he took over, but then he had that pre-season where he brought in uh, Alec Chamberlain, Rogerson, Derek Ferguson, <laughs> Phil Gray, Andy Melville, and then it, it gets off to a shocker when four of them are involved in the car crash. Got <laughs> then, round the roundabout, didn't they? Yeah. Down Walker, I think. Uh, and then the, then we're going to get hammered at the baseball ground on the opening day of the season, 5-0. I mean, were you kind of on the verge of it at this point? Because I can't imagine it being a happy camp. At I mean, uh, it's it's weird. I, I I was never anywhere near the first team squad. I mean, mm. you think, as I say, then I think there was only one or two subs, so it's not like you'd have a travelling squad of twenty like you do now. But I'd never travelled away with the first team. Never been in a match day squad, and that is even with sort of them injuries. See, I think he, he he was given a bit of money to spend, wasn't he, that summer? Mm. So. The squad was boosted, but say it wasn't till October yeah. that I, I made my debut. And as I say, that was the first time I'd been anywhere near it. And it was, yeah. I think it was literally on the back of we'd played a practice game because Luton was a Tuesday, I'm sorry, Wednesday. I think we'd maybe played a practice game on the Monday and I tortured them. Absolutely. <laughs> like, Tall Butch, a new one. It was like I was on fire in the game, and I did. It was one of them games where I played really well, and I think that was sort of it that got me. He's probably thought, Jesus, if he can do that, let's stick him in. And it was literally going from like not being, not being sort of in a squad. I mean, you, you trained with them because the squads weren't as big. So it's not like now where you have the academies and then a the first team. We used to do, we used to get trained with them quite a bit. So he was sort of aware of it. And say that that was it, sort of from seemingly that practice game, just to go on right. You play and you playing on the Wednesday, but again, I don't think it was. We trained on the Wednesday morning, and I wasn't really aware I was going to be involved. It wasn't until we did the practice game, the sort of like set pieces, and that in the morning you you playing. So probably didn't give me give me a lot of time to get too nervous, which might not have been a bad thing. Yeah, I mean it is amazing. I was looking at you know, like you said, it was. Uh... 20th of October, we, we were 22nd in Division 1 and we'd just been hammered again, 4-1 away to we'd just been hammered 4-1 away to Middlesbrough 
um, the game before, and um, you just you just came in kind of out of nowhere because you hadn't been involved at all. But it was it was a month before your nineteenth birthday, so it wasn't like you were you know it wasn't like you were kind of sixteen, seventeen, they're thrown in. You were you know you were kind of nineteen years old, which you know is about the age you probably should expect to to get the nod at some point. Yeah, you see, it, it was you see you you think now lads get a bit. Oh, I should be in and around it, and it would say then it wasn't. It was, I mean, it would have been my third year in the club, so I think I'd probably done to me two years sort of white. Yes, that would have been going into my third year. I mean, I was given a pro, I was given a pro my 17th birthday, but like if you'd gone over how long you'd been in, I'd have done me two years and gone into sort of my first year pro, I think it was. So, so yeah, it was uh, again for somebody that had been in the England school boys set up. Uh, I've been with England youth, so you would think like a League One, a Division One side who's struggling, you'd like to think you would have a chance of getting in it. So obviously, I did come October on the on the back of a four-one defeat. That'll explain why we did a black game on the Monday afternoon. He must have been fuming. Done a double session. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other strange thing, I mean, I might be wrong, but I was I was looking at I was looking through things as well and. Like four days earlier, so it must have been the Saturday, you'd actually played for the youth team against Bradford and scored then. Right, yeah. Um, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was still a youth team player because I, I think I remember towards the end of the season, I think they were doing well in the FA Youth Cup and I think I, I sort of asked to play. Something happened that I wanted to play for the youth team, but they wouldn't let us. So, yeah, I was still playing. I think not... I would have thought I might have played against Sheffield United on the Saturday, but you must be right with, with Bradford. But, yeah. That's how it was. And again, yeah. I think there was probably a spell. I'd have played more first team games within about three months than I'd have played reserve games. It wasn't like I was sort of playing there every week. You know, as I say, that then sort of senior pros, if they weren't in the first team, would play in the reserve. So there was a lot of senior pros. So yeah. say there's, I remember there's times I'd be playing left back for the reserves <laughs> just to play, you know. So. Yeah. And say it wasn't it wasn't to say so long after when I had more first team games and reserves. Oh, that, that's some uh, that's some extra experienced players at the back for Luton. They had uh, Trevor Peak and John Dreer, who I think were probably about a hundred hundred year old between them. Uh, <laughs> at that point. Jesus. And, and actually, I can't remember who I was up against, right? But you know, the say it's one of them. Uh, Des Linton. Des Linton, right? Yeah, yeah I know that name. And uh, up front for Luton that day, they had uh, John Harton and Paul Dickoff up front. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. Didn't didn't score, both got taken off and, and I wouldn't have known, yeah. I wouldn't have known. I see I remember Harton was out, I wouldn't have had a clue. Dick off played. Yeah. I must um, have got kicked off him. <laughs> I would remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, so Don Goodman puts us up twelve minutes uh, in and then on nineteen minutes there's a free kick given for a start. How did you manage to get on free kicks on your debut? <laughs> You know, that tells you, that tells you that <laughs> that's a team struggling for confidence when they let a 19-year-old lad think. <laughs> uh, 20 minutes into his debut. <laughs> yeah, I think, it, again, it was more to do with the morning. We'd, we'd done the set players on the morning and I'd had two or three from exactly the same place and I think I scored them all. Where whoever might have been on them, it just wasn't happening for them. So it was basically just down the right, you know, on three kicks. <laughs> so, again, yeah, just... Uh, Come true. I was going to say when it went in. Uh, did you know what to do with yourself when it went in? No, I mean it, 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 when you look now, even Don's goal. I've got sort of video footage, and I'm first to see Don, and I just give him a, an old pat on the back, and sort of saunter <laughs> away. You know, like this day and age, people the tops off and jumping on each other. I was like just uh, 
proper understated young lad who got on the team, didn't know what to do, just patted him on the back and wandered off. And it was <laughs> sort of pretty similar to my goal. I just, just didn't always say it. I think because it was a free kick and I was there and you stand and there's a couple of feet around you, I think it was one of them where people just got all of us anywhere. But it was, uh, yeah. But see, I just remember just thinking, just, just to hit it so hard you can. And it's one of them, I think, as a goal, it had grown a few legs down the years, people seeing it bent <laughs> in the top corner and all this. It's one of them, I don't like it, seeing it popping up on Twitter and stuff, because people just say, I just struck it down the middle and keepers drove out the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, that adds an extra couple of yards on every year. Exactly. <laughs> but we talked about how the team was doing. I mean, it doesn't sound like you did, but was there any extra pressure because we were down there and the team was struggling? Or did you just kind of crack on with it because it was your debut? And yes, no. I mean, I, I, I do remember being nervous, um, but it, I, I think about no, I didn't think I felt any pressure. You know, I think it is one of them as a young lads. You go in, you can, you, the fans are right behind you. You know, when you you play twenty, thirty games, you do something wrong, we'll probably let you know about it. But when you're a young lad, you're sort of a free rein, and you're playing with without any fear. Really, I yeah, just remember sort of. Not fair, I say. I felt nervous, but not where I felt oh, I'm out my depth there, sort of thing. Um, as I say, for David, I think it was apart from the goal, I, thought, I think remembering that I did quite well. Uh, I think Jamie Lawrence made his debut the, the same night on the other wing, so I think it was good that there was not just me making his debut, and Jamie done well, uh, also. So, mm. yeah, but no, no, just thinking, thinking back, no, I didn't think it was sort of. Felt any pressure to say you, if the fact you, I wouldn't have had a clue. We were twenty second in the league there before that mm-hmm. came. No, yeah. well, you see, you say you thought you did well, but I remember it. You know, you came in debut, scored that goal, and I think that was it. It was basically all, all the lads. It was you know, it was all about kind of Martin Smith. <laughs> it was basically no, all the talk was it? Because I mean, to be fair, we had we had some good players, but you know, we we weren't performing very well on the pitch, and I think it was just kind of this this new player out of nowhere. It was almost like a new signing, you know, that would make yeah. a major signing at the time. But I mean, you you kept your place in the first eleven under under Butcher, obviously with a start like that, and we were in the next game after the Luton game, which is West Brom at home. But then we, we lost the next six after that and Butcher was gone. Yeah. Did, did you have mixed feelings when he left or did you think the writing was on the wall at that point? Because he gave you his chance as well. Yeah, he did. I chance. mean, yeah, he did. Um, but again, uh, yeah, I can't remember thinking, oh, I'm happy he's gone or I'm not happy he's gone. Um, I think it was one of them. I'd sort of been, <laughs> been through a few managers already by that time anyway. You know, yeah. It was like, yeah, you sort of just know at some point that's going to happen as a game. I, I wouldn't have known we'd lost that many thinking back, but at the time, obviously, it wouldn't have been ideal. See, I think it was we got beat off South End. I remember one. I'm sure it was South End. That might have been Mick, actually, but I'm sure it was Butch. We got beat off. We got battered a tram here away. Forward. I think we went one or looked on, scored. And Atkins, and Atkins lost it after the game in the dressing room. Um, just saying, like, use and lot pull your finger out, we'll be longer than you. So you best pull your finger out. And I think they were both sacked on the Monday. Yeah. You know, but it was, I mean, it, it never is nice seeing somebody lose a job. Um, I see it. I played, I think, every game under him. So obviously, I, I see, I think now I can't think one way or the other what, what I was thinking, but I'm, I'm sure at the time I, I probably was thinking, oh, well, there's a guy who's given me a chance. It's, mm. it's going to have to start again. But it was, yeah, as you say, it, I mean, I mean, there was like you see, you think there was some good players, but it just it never really happened. But again, I think it was one of them. The older players, Butcher, had we had, had some bad results, and he he used to run the 
the legs off them in training. I mean, we we did. It's probably in the middle of that run, actually thinking back where we got dropped off through South Shields, right, run back to Roper Park, and then that's, that's a fair old run. Got back, and then they freaking same again. Off you go, back on the bus, <laughs> back to South Shields. You're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, and it is, it's like stuff like that, it doesn't get you seeing your players on board, you know, and yeah. come October, November, you're going to be probably as fit as you can be anyway. So the fact you're getting yeah. slogged like nearly 20 miles, running 20 miles on the concrete on a, to say, on a Monday or a Tuesday is probably not going to do team morale any good. Yeah. And I think Mickey Cray tells the story, I can't, I can't remember, because Mickey will have been up the front, so he'll have seen that, but <laughs> I'm sure it was Tony Norman, Don Goodman, had actually jumped on a bus down at Whitburn. <laughs> so they've gone past on the A2 bus. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm sure that's they sort of waited in Roper Park till about 20 people have gone past and then they just jumped on the back of the group and just <laughs> sauntered in. But, uh, yeah, so... Again, it was. I mean, it was for me being in and around that of like sort of players that you sort of grew up in and admired. It was it was great, but didn't say losing that many games on the bounce obviously wasn't ideal. I was just going to say that was right. It was uh, Southend two nil is his last game at home. It was was it? Yeah. So we yeah. we got did we have battered the tram here? Uh, uh, yep. Uh, we got battered the tram here the week before four one. Right. Yeah. Well, he's that has come out with that statement. It wasn't the Monday. It must have been the following. Monday after we got beat off South Thunderdome. But I remember that being like a quite a hostile game. I think again when you when you're struggling and you've been down and you four and five games on the bounce, I think as a player you, you know something's gotta change. You you're not yeah. gonna go from getting beat five, six games on the bounce to winning six or seven. So you sort of know something's coming. And again, sometimes it is it's right. You just think, well, just do it. Let's get it and start fresh, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you just come in and then Mick Buxton's appointed, um, you know, moving up from taking the reserve team. I mean, were you relieved that it was someone who knew what you could do from within at that point? Yeah, I mean, I'd always got on with Mick. As I said, I don't think I played masses of reserve team games, but I, I trained with him. And again, he sort of wasn't everybody's cup of tea, but I liked him in terms of just, I think he liked what I had in terms of ability. And he was happy for me to express myself, but I felt comfortable with that. So, yeah, it was uh, it was good. And he brought sort of Trevor Hartley came in with him, who we really liked as well. Coach, very bubbly. And I say it, it was it was good for me at the time that it was it was Mick. Because, I mean, he, he came in and made us a lot more solid after taking charge and, and we ended up finishing 12th and actually doing doing OK. It was a hint of a playoffs, I think, at one point. But yeah. by making us more solid, did that help you in a kind of, you know, the way that he wanted to play? Did he just let you go or did he want you to do the defensive work? And, I mean, Yeah, well? I mean, it didn't sort of say, oh, to, you've got free reign, don't bother coming back and all this, but it was sort of, uh, when you get the ball, just just do what you're good at. Mm. It was, uh, it was that. I mean, he did, he, he was very... On the training ground, right? It it would it, it drive you mad because he'd have you out there for two hours doing set players and and team shape. And again, as footballers, all you want to do is play five side and shoot practice. You know what I mean? It's like so you're going through that sort of stuff. And I remember for one day, whatever I was doing corners, I was on the corners and we we're out there in the afternoon. And I just for whatever reason, the left foot just wasn't working. <laughs> And it must have been out there about 40 minutes while I was just trying to hit the near post with a corner. And I would see the lads getting angry and angry. Are you winding us up? Like, 
your left foot and you just kind of clip one into the near post. <laughs> sure, but it was that he'd have you out there doing stuff like that till till you sort of got it right. So the, yeah, initially that that first season it was he, he did make us stronger. You see, I remember was getting some good results. Um, but again, you, you sort of looked at the dressing room and and felt it should have been like that anyway. Really, we should have mm. we should have done better. By the say, I think towards the end of the season, I think the results the results just tailed off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, he kept you in the side as well. And then, you know, even going into the following year, he keeps you in the side. And we don't get off to a bad start. And we're sniffing around the playoffs again, kind of first quarter of the season. And then in the November, you get a call up for the England under-21s to play the Republic of Ireland at St. James's. Uh, was it was it Dave Sexton who, who called you up at the time? It was Kevin Keegan. Was it? It was Keegan who was in charge for that game. Yeah. Right. Well, he was. He was Newcastle manager at the time. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd got the call up for that. Yeah. Went through to meet up with the the team at Gosforth uh, on the Sunday night. I think the game must have been a Wednesday if we didn't meet till Sunday. But had uh, some good, really good days training through there with Kevin Kay. I say it was uh, he was absolutely fantastic actually. Mm. So yeah, it was just good to be aware with some some good players, one or two who I, I knew from coming through the ranks earlier. But then others, sort of Jamie Redknapp was there, Trevor Sinclair, mm. so some. Some big players now, so it was a, it was a, it was a good experience. Yeah, an, an well, interesting one, especially the yeah. game. <laughs> Just uh, remind you some players in there. We had uh, Paul Gerrard in goal. It was uh, David Unsworth, Steve Watson, Saul Campbell, Dean Gordon, Chris Bart Williams, who, who you ended up coming on for. Uh, Nicky Butts, Trevor Sinclair, Graham Fenton, Julian George, and uh, Noel Whelan, who got the goal. Yeah, yeah, good players. It was in there. It was, yeah, it was some good players. Yeah. Yeah, it was a say. It was a, it was a it was a good trip. Um, all really sort. I think was I was probably one of the only ones. It was the first time in the squad, but they all sort of made us made us welcome. I'd say Jamie Redknapp especially it was fantastic. Uh, sort of introduced us to everybody, and it was you say when you hear stories of people going away and, and and people not looking after them, it couldn't have been further from the truth with that one. Mm. So it was a, it was a really good experience. Yeah, I remember watching the game. It was on it was on Sky. Two memories of it, obviously the crowd's reaction. But I'm sure at one point you went, ended up with a ball near the corner flag and started keeping it up. Yeah. Or you had to keep it up a few times and to clear it or something like that. That's about the only memory I've got of the game. No, it was. It was, it was, it was attacking. I was in the corner, got it, and kept it up a few times and put the ball in the box. Well, I, it was say when I've come on the booze and came mm. the, the lads who were on the bench were like, just go on and give them a clap and all. And I said, nah. <laughs> Well, the CR come on, it did well. I set a chance with Trevor Sinclair and, and did a few other bits and pieces. But it was, it was a, it was a hostile reception going on, <laughs> playing for your country and getting booed. Was, yeah. uh, well, I say at the time, I say, oh, I wasn't bothered. I wouldn't give two stuffs if they'd, yeah. I'd rather they booed us, to be honest. Yeah. Well, they didn't know what to do, I think, when you juggled it and knocked it into the box. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, they didn't boo it did, yeah, and it did sort of die down by the end. And when I, I was coming off at the end, I, I, I got a collapse. It'd be all right. Yeah. It was quite a few shunned shirts there. So it was mm. nice to see a few, uh, few of them shirts in the ground. Yeah, just out of interest, actually, in, in, in their team, in the Republic of Ireland, they had Cheer given in goal and uh, had Gary Bring as well, who we went on to play for Sunderland. I don't know if it's Stephen Carpley, I can't remember. Yeah. It was Stephen. Graham Kavanagh as well. Can't play, aye. Yeah, so, yeah, some good players in their team as well. But you get back to, to Sunderland, and typically our form from Christmas was pretty woeful. Um, but as a 20 year old who came through, you know, burst through, your form is kind of, you know, 
head and shoulders above most of us at that time. We couldn't get going. I mean, how did that impact you that the team was struggling at the time? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was tough because, as I say, we'd have games where we would do really well and we'd look at the team. But they just, as I say, they just remember the consistency wasn't there. And again, you just sort of got the feeling it was going the same way as the previous year on the butch. You know, saying your players are starting to possibly... Um, and say Mick was hard. I say Mick, I, I like Mick um, because of what he sort of let me do and express myself. But there was airs to it where it, discipline sort of was, wasn't was there. Again, for me, he was good in a lot of ways, but in terms of... Like he, he, the the intensity wasn't there every day in training, you know, and it was like you just sort of even the like first the, the, it wasn't the intensity what we were going to get used to under Reedy. Mm. It was mm. just drifting, and as a young player, you need guidance. You know what I mean? It was like, well, if you're telling me this is all along we should be training and I don't need to do extra this extra that, you just think, oh well, you're the manager, you know, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think in a lot of that was. Same with the, everybody, sort of. I think they got sick of listening to his voice, to be honest, because mm. he wasn't the most bubbly, mm. you know. And I think it was it was one of them. Suddenly, you're out there two hours in the afternoon, and it is becoming a chore for the older players, mm. you know. It's like well, we've done this, and if you, when somebody new comes in, if they do stuff and you're getting results, people will put up with a lot of stuff. Like players will put up a lot of stuff, but it's suddenly right. You're out there two hours and you're going through the same stuff you do six months ago. It's not working. Mm. People start to become disillusioned, you know. And I think that's sort of where it went again. It just needed freshening up. Same Mick was a, I liked him, something something bloke, good fella, but just I think in the end, sort of didn't have uh, the authority or the respect of a lot of the players to to mm. move it on to obviously where where Reedy did in the end. Yeah, it's, it's typical Sunderland because you're you're only twenty year old and you're already saying I've seen it all before. <laughs> you're going <laughs> no, through it a second time. Yeah, uh, yeah. You see it sort of thing. Oh, we go again. Yeah. You just you can see certain things happening, and think, and anyway, we know where this is going to end up. Yeah. It's going to be it's not going to be good a good season again. Yeah. That season as well. I read that uh, Aston Villa had tabled a, a one and a half million bid to get you to go down there I mean were you aware of any interest that came in for you around that time I knew there was there was teams I think Coventry were always uh, rumoured Aston Villa but I, I think it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I think Ron Atkinson released a book and said he went in after that game and just says how much do you want for your left winger mm. it was like was that the cup game yeah yeah I'll give you yeah. a million now I think that's what he said in his book, I think I played against Earl Barrett and he said he'd never seen anybody give him such a hard time as, as I did that night. Um, so, yeah, there was always stuff in the papers about a few teams looking at us. I think Blackburn as well. But again, I, I was happy. I was I was playing sort of reasonably fresh in the team, playing in for my hometown club. Things were going well for me personally, so it wasn't something I'd ever took a lot of notice of, to be honest. So it never got close then? No, nothing ever. There was never any talks of me sort of going. I was under contract and I was never sort of going asked to, asked to leave at that point. Um, I mean, so that, something else I found in a couple of years, well, you go back a while now, John Ken, the old BBC Newcastle reporter, he said to me that Bob Murray had told him after that England under-21 game that Kevin Keegan had put 1.5 in for us. Now, I don't know for Newcastle. <laughs> that was, yeah. I wouldn't have went, but as you say, that's, 
sort of the impression I'd made at the time with him, but it, that's that's something that I was told later on as well. So yeah, so around that time it did seem like people were putting bids in for me. Um, but I, I remember Mick coming out with something in one of the interviews saying, he, he, like, I, I wouldn't be going anywhere and I wasn't for sale. So as I say, I, I was never looking to leave. So it's not something I ever asked too many questions about, to be honest. Well, I mean, that, that says a lot how, how well you were playing in your first few games because that Villa game in the Cup we're talking about, that was only your third game, which is pretty amazing that people are doing that after your third game, third game professional football and bids are coming in for over a million. Yeah. No, I say that, 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 especially them first two scenes. I think if you're if you're a young player and you're playing quite a few games, it's the same these days if you're in the in the championship or a league one two and you're a younger player getting into a team, scouts will be there watching. But I think the fact that I, I was scoring goals as well from from midfield obviously alerted a lot more people to stuff. Yeah, further down into that season, Mick Buxton is sacked after a disaster. Barnsley and then Peter Reid's appointed with seven games to keep us up I mean I think you might have mentioned it earlier on but was that change on the training ground just immediate as soon as he came through the door yeah it was it was he was just again the gaffer he come in he was he was, he was more he was different that first seven games and he he went on to be he, I think he come in and knew he had to lift us us were in us were in trouble we were in free fall in a lot of ways and yeah. he come in and he, he was bubbly but also the intensity was there, though you could see it. He, he would train you at times, and he he was intense as well when he was training with you. Um, but he did, yeah, just lift it, give lads confidence. And again, he played in World Cups. You know what I mean? It's yeah, everybody knew who he was. You know, when I remember I was in the, in the car listening on the radio, I was like, "We're getting Peter Reid." Was it was like, "Jesus, everybody knows." And it was a it was a story at the time. Mm. So yeah, he's uh, he come in and just. And it was what we needed. We'd have gone down. We'd have gone down if making yeah. the state. I've no doubt about that. It was yeah. it was see now it's so I, I keep saying but I can't remember exactly, but I remember saying to friends and that this is this is bad. This you know, it's this is only called one way at the minute. So it was it was massively needed to change. And he and he came in, won the first couple and then he drew and then we got beat and the fourth game. And that led us to a showdown with Steve McMahon, Swindon Town at Roker, um, who were directly below us. And if we won, it was almost certain we were going to stay up. But if we got beat, we were right in the mess again. Yeah. Um, and you you get the winning goal, which actually Peter Reid quite often refers to when he's asked what the most important goal is while he was Sunderland manager. Yeah, there was something, he, he, I think I saw something again last week, and it's in his, it's in his book, and he always mentions, mentions that mm. goal. And, and never sort of changes his opinion on what was his most important, which again for me there is obviously it's score a goal, but for Sun and Fat, I know you've played a part in somebody who ended up doing so well for the club's sort of best moments. That's great, you know. And uh, yeah, but was it it was a it was a typical Roker Park day, windy, wet and it was a it was a massive game. <laughs> yeah. so you see the to strike one and, and score in front of the rotor end and yeah, it, was, it was fantastic As, yeah, I think that was because I think we went to Burnley the week after more or less we more or less safe I think I think we maybe named the pointers but we yeah. said we'd get a point at Burnley and then we West Brom but I think we, it was it was one of them swinging I think that was more or less you knew yeah. pretty certain it was job done yeah yeah. if you see the footage you said it was a little bit of rain I mean, it was absolutely <laughs> hosing it it was you could hardly see your goal in the camera yeah, no, it was, it, was, uh, it was one of them Roper Park days. <laughs> yeah, hosing it down. And you managed to, I don't know, you kept your feet, you kind of volleyed it home from 
the edge of the box. It was a, for the conditions. <laughs> it was a yeah, I, well, I, I think I'd won the free kick as I was playing against. I'm sure it was Mark Robinson was right back who ended up at Newcastle, and he was. I played against him a few times, and he was a he was hard work. He was nasty. Mm. And he, he smashed us and we got the free kick and the free kick goes and I actually touch it on at the near post and it goes over the end. I think it's, I'm sure it's Andy Todd who heads it back yeah. across and it comes straight back to me. <laughs> See, I didn't really have time to think about it, just sort of keep it low and fire it back across the goalkeeper. Um, mm. So, yeah, luckily it sort of it went in. I think the conditions helped because it would have zipped off the off the turf a bit um, <laughs> with, the, with that yeah. little shower of rain we were having. Yeah. Close to just stopping before the goal line. One of the two. <laughs> um, yeah, you scored in the last three games of the season and obviously kept us up. You know, Reedy kept us up. You were flying. Bit of optimism around the place. But then, like in pre-season, you you pretty much miss pre-season. You miss the trip to Ireland. You are injured. Then you come back. And then you sent off against Liverpool. Then you pick up another injury. Just seemed like one thing after another. After after that, it was yeah. I actually think I was in Ireland, but I'm sure I'd done my thigh quite. Early on in it, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty certain I went and I, I, I don't, I got injured pre-season, which from sort of experience down the years, if you missing pre-season, it, it, it does, it kills you, it takes you quite a while to to get back up to speed. Um, yeah, so we come back. Now I remember playing a few games, sort of against local teams. I think I played at a concert, maybe Crook or Brandon somewhere, like that, just to try and to get fit because I'd miss so much. Um, but I think I did. I did start. Did I against Leicester? Was it against Leicester? First game of the season that season in the league. Uh, yes, you did. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. started. I yeah, yeah. Played the first two. It was one it? of them. I was. Yeah, I was sort of not mm. rushed back, but it was you coming into it knowing you sort of hadn't had the pre-season you wanted. Yeah, so I, I can't remember. It was the second game Norwich away. Yeah, you came off at half time. I think you came off at half time. It was absolutely. Mm. Again, going back, I missed the pre-season and it was down there, I think it was about 30 degrees and just, I remember being naked, took me off and then I don't know when my next game was, but I think that was, I think I maybe he's played a, a couple more, but as you say, it was, it was just one of them where it was, was stop-start, but I think I got put with a fitness coach actually, which was the best thing ever happened in my career for us, like, that's why I was like ready, put me with Steve Black. Mm. who uh, I used to go through so I did I think it was two weeks so I'd obviously come off at Norwich I can't remember if I maybe had a couple of little more super pains but I think I got injured again and then he, he sent me with Steve Black so I was, I'd go through and train through with be at six o'clock in the morning um, come back train with the t- train with the team and then I'd go back and train through with Bear three o'clock in the afternoon so I was doing three sessions just for, for two weeks and that got me as fit as I'd ever been in my life. And it was, uh, it was sort of, from then on, I had a different sort of outlook. You see, it really showed me something. Doing that for me was the best thing. See, I felt I felt that had happened to us. See, maybe he's under Mick and things were drifting. Even though people think things were going well, I'd scored nine goals, ten goals, and things were going well. Things were sort of, uh, I probably wasn't living. I was allowed just to do what I wanted, such that the demands weren't on us. And seeing that really put that demand on us, and and sending me with a fitness coach was uh, was fantastic. So I think I come back. Me and Russ did it actually. I think, and then we came back and we played Redden. Maybe he's on the Saturday. I think me and Russ come on and sort of changed the game, and then had a little spell in the team. And say, but ultimately, 
me, I, I, I got sent off against Liverpool when things were going well. <laughs> things, as he had felt as fit as I'd felt, Brady'd seen how hard I'd worked. I think he put me in the centre midfield. I was playing in the centre midfield against Liverpool, or maybe he's like a, as a three, but as a midfielder. Mm-hmm. So he'd give me that responsibility, and as I say, just that moment of madness, just smashing John Barnes. Mm-hmm. You say, then you, you then you're on the back of a, a three game suspension when you sort of work so hard to get back in the team. And they say, from it was just a, a gift, just a, that sort of stop start to the scene. Yeah, and Rob Rob Jones came flying in, didn't he? And he got sent off. They did. Uh, well, I knew. I, I mean, it was a bad tackle. I mean, this day and age, there's no doubt about it. It's a uh, it's a straight red. But I thought then I might have got away with it, but. <laughs> I think that the fact there was the melee and I see somebody Matt Manning come running in pushed us which I thought oh this is my chance to go down and take the pressure off myself so I, I go down <laughs> and just lie there and you can hear stuff going on around and I remember standing back up and Nate Ruddick just come over stood on both of my feet and just pushed us and I was like <laughs> I sort of went back and then come back and he just sort of growled at us and, but it was it was like the melee went on for a bit and then yeah. the referee dragged me over and I was like, come on, ref, my first title. I never make titles, you know what I mean? Just because it's Liverpool, don't think you've got to be seen to give me a red. And uh, yes, he pulled, the, he pulled the red out. And then, yeah. let's say, Rob Jones followed us down the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, it was a shame because it was, it, was it was a night where I think I'd started the game really well. Again, mm. I think I was playing in there against John Barnes and Jamie Redknapp. So it was a same night game at Roker Park. But unfortunately <laughs> for mm. me, that's up with a bit too far. <laughs> yeah, I was I was about uh, 10, 15 yards away from you. I was in the clock stand paddock. Because he was side on John Barnes. I thought, oh, I'll just leave one on him. Mate. But it did actually, I sort of left the ground, which again, not like me, but yeah. he at the moment. You know. if, that, if that was in Division 1, it would have been, uh, wouldn't have even been a free well, all, Yeah, that's what I was say. If it wasn't <laughs> Liverpool, that's what I was trying to say at the ref. Like, just because it's Liverpool, just because you know these, don't think you've got to be saying to send me off. You know, but that's yeah. That's history. <laughs> well, like you say, like you say, it was it was bad timing, and then when you come back, you start picking up niggly injuries pretty much for the rest of the season. I mean, do you think some of those injuries? Because we talked about mentioned it earlier on, but you're not even twenty one by this point, and you've played kind of about a hundred games already. I mean, do you think that was part of it? Um, I don't, I don't know. I think when you miss, say, when you miss pre season, um, it, it doesn't help you because you're playing catch up and. Again, even the season before, I remember I got a stress fracture in my foot, so I missed probably the pre-season the year before. So then you, you sort of play catch up. Um, I think that year I ended up getting a. I think I got a hernia. We played Man United in the cup that year, didn't we? I think that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd had a problem with me with me groin for for a couple of months, and it was it was it was hurting, and wasn't it till probably two three weeks before that Man United came that they actually found out what was wrong and I had a hernia and they said look try and get through to the end of the season you're going to need an operation so that was sort of in your head you're going to need that operation but I'd been playing with it for two months previous you know what I mean so and I got and I come off half time in that Man United game and I was I think I got the operation the day after so that more or less back in them like hernias now you can get back within two weeks then it was like I think you were talking nearly two months then yeah. So just, they just say just large chunks of the season just just sort of just drift by, you know. So it was it, it was one of them just right from the start, just never never really got going. Well, that's it. But I mean, when you did get in, because I mean, you had a you had a blinder for the uh, for the six nil because everyone obviously remembers Russell getting four. But 
but you were you were flying when you came in. It was just you, you couldn't make a run of it, could you? Yeah, no. I just say there was there was games when it played well. Again, just say think back was always just always just playing catch up and. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think maybe he's around then. I think Alfie's starting to become a bit sick of us being injured and stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, was it made worse by the team doing well? Because, you know, it was a sudden kind of change at the club where obviously you, you were trying to get it back in before because we were struggling and now they were doing well. I mean, did, did that make it even more frustrating or did that help in some way? Again, that year, I think it, more of it was the frustration of not being not being right. You know, just as I say, with the hernia and stuff like that, I just never felt... I never felt right. Um, but okay, nah, I mean, I was always happy because of the son and support. I was always happy that the team was doing well. And, and going from what we'd been through the previous two years where you'd have a manager's sack, it was great to think, Jesus, we've a chance. And you just think, mm. could be in the Premier League next year. Yeah. You may could be a Premier League player. So, no, it was nothing but wanting them to, the team to do well. Yeah, well, well, that's it. I mean, we're going to win the, win the title and you are, <laughs> you become a Premier League player. Yeah. And obviously every everyone was... You know, excited because it was our first year in the Premier, but yeah. it was our last season at Roker as well. But I mean, as it as it turned out, I mean, only making kind of seven appearances that season. I mean, how how frustrating was that year when we were in the Premier League for you? Yeah, again, it sort of never started the season in the team, and I think I was actually fit that year. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'd done the pre-season. I was I was fit. Um, so yeah, it was first. I mean, I don't think I got in. I think my first game in the Premier League was my, definitely my first start with Sheffield Wednesday at home, which again, I think you're probably looking up October, November time. Yeah. So yeah, again, you, you've done the pre-season, hope you're going to be involved and then you're sort of not getting a sniff. But the, say the lads, we're starting the season well anyway. I think I had a, a little run of games. Again, never enough really to cement the place, I don't think. Well, as a fan that season, it was just... It's one of those because further down the line, I mean, we'll, we'll maybe come on to times when there might not have been an excuse for knocking on the door. But this season, we just seemed to have nothing going forward, and you were you were either sitting on the bench or not even on the bench, and you're sitting in the you're standing in the stand, going, "Well, we've got no going forward," and you know, it just seemed like a waste of a play. Yeah, yeah. As I said, I had a, had a few little run. I think they haven't game away and stuff. So I did have a little run of it. That was a good day. Yeah, yeah. But then again, I think around Christmas, I'd had a problem with my hip. Um, so I missed a couple of games again around there. And then again further, I think in a, we played Spurs from weeks going into March. I ended up with a problem with my foot. I went out to go to Lillishaw for a week or two to try and sort a problem with my foot out. Um, so again, just, just not really try getting a sustained run at anything. Mm. And it was one of them. It was like the Premier League. It was an eye-opener. So uh, even then, like, how much quicker it was and it was a physic, more physical physical league in terms of sort of the strength and the opposition you were playing so again from, you've got to be more or less at least 90% fit to, to do yourself justice and again a lot of the time just, just keep carrying stuff and niggles and uh, again ultimately especially for the club just to, to go down with sort of record points yeah. massively disappointing Yeah. well your, your last start that season was um Talking about kind of slogs and tough games, it was uh, it was Arsenal at home in January, which was, was a tough game. Yeah. Tony Adams scored the own goal, but that was it. That was a tough game. But three points and you, you played, and then I think the next game you, you dropped, and then don't make another start. Yeah, I see. I think I come on. It is the Spurs game around there, and I come on against Spurs. I think it was a night game. I think we got beat three or yeah. four. 
we did they scored early on yeah scored the second minute and you yeah you came on with 20 minutes left we were only four nil down when you came yeah on. i think i hit the inside <laughs> the post nice then you get your first premier league goal yeah all right really made a double substitution you and you and michael bridges coming on with 20 minutes left yeah go on uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have, a, have a shot no no um, so again there was there was some tough games that season i remember sort of playing in games and it was it was definitely a level up to what we what we'd been playing against yeah that was the season we had the cameras in as well with premier passions yeah uh, were you glad you, you got out of um the likes of what craig russell and mickey Gray <laughs> getting involved in in the, in the hotel room i know i know <laughs> see you look back again at the time you did you sort of didn't uh you didn't really notice them because I think it's because the gaffer just acted like the gaffer. You know what I mean? He just he wasn't mm. bothered what he said in front of the cameras or anything. It just be sort. Of, it just sort of became the norm, yeah. you know. But uh, it was good to see it. Even now, you see you still sit and watch some of the stuff like it's it's superb. Like, mm. but I think it just shows what Rady was like in terms of what he demanded from people. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, Craig Russell and Mickey Gray want to watch it too many times. Oh. I, I don't know what I don't know why they made them lie in bed next to each other to interview them. <laughs> but, I know. But yeah, I mean, you know, getting towards the the business end of the season. I mean, you end up getting a place on the bench for the last game at Roker against Everton, but that that was out of the blue because you hadn't been involved, and then suddenly you're put on the bench. But I imagine you're itching to get on in that one. Yeah, it was. I mean, that was a huge game. Again, I think that was me just coming back, as I say, after that Spurs game. I'd be surprised if I was involved because I had to go away and get me something done. I had a problem with the top of my foot. So I think that probably would have been my first game. Yeah, being on the bench, I mean, it was, it was great because we, we brought Waddler in by then and he'd always been like a hero of mine. So going back and training and, and, and being in and around him and that Everton game was, it was superb. What an atmosphere that was, you know, and yeah. what a result. And uh, I see, you, just, you start to believe that we're going to stay up. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was an emotional. On it was, it was sort of the last, the last game, sort of competitive game you, you'd play there after all them years ago. Yeah, I was at the back of the fold. You just knew that as soon as that free kick was given, you just thought, yeah, this is going straight in the top corner. Yeah, uh, too special, it. like special was Wardle like definitely. Yeah. As soon as the ref blew his whistle, there was this buzz straight away. Everyone was <laughs> saying, we'll, "We'll get him on it." But yeah, brilliant. Superb. Brilliant day, but um, yeah, we do end up getting relegated and we're moving to the stadium of light. I mean, how how did you find that? Because obviously we, we talked about you being there since since the late seventies. I mean, how did you find the move that summer? Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was it was strange. Uh, even now, it's still strange driving down Rotwood and not seeing the ground yeah, there. Yeah, you know, it's it is. Uh, it is. It's weird, but I mean, I didn't sort of go across till. Till it was more or less ready. I know a few of the lads would go and check the progress, but I'd never went. But when you actually went in for the first time, so it just it just blew you away. It was just uh, uh, as much as you said, Rock Park will always be my favourite. But it was it was a it was a huge step up in terms of facility and and what the club could potentially do being in there. Um, yeah, so it was it. It was great. So uh, your first goal there and, and things like that. And there hasn't been loads of people who've scored at both. Both grounds, so that's also something to be sort of proud of. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you're done. We've gone through all of this, but you're you're still only twenty two. <laughs> <this point. laughs> I feel like I've aged about ten years. About it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, typical Sunderland, isn't it? How much how much goes on every every year? But I mean, the, 
you know, back in Division One, you get a good run in the side as we're picking up from a from a pretty poor start. You score a great goal against Huddersfield, and then on paper, I mean, you just look at the kind of you look at the season, you look at the games. It seems to stop pretty abruptly when you you're taken off at half time against Portsmouth when we're three one up and Nicky Sunby comes on, but it just seems to suddenly stop. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was one that was in the turn. See, Portsmouth played. I was playing well. Um, and I got a I got a kick and come off at half time and I, I had a cut down the side of my shin and had a few stitches and I sort of didn't go back on. Um, and I was going to be playing at Bury on the Saturday. The gaffer just said, "Oh, just you you play because I'd had a good run actually. It was probably me mm. as good a run as I'd had under, under the gaffer." And he was like, "You play," but then the bloody typical me cut got infected, so I, I had an infection and I was. Uh, Again, that put me out for about another 10 days. Like the infection, they couldn't get it out. We gradually ended up getting it out. The physio managed to, well, maybe what, Jesus, the, the stuff that come out of it. But it was, it was just like yeah. going from being like a cut with a few stitches to being an infection and missing time. And then obviously, Buzzer gets in, Mace comes on and scores at Portsmouth. John O switches to the left, yeah. Buzzer goes on the right, <laughs> and the rest is history. Yeah. It? You know what I mean? And yeah. again, the rest of that season. Well, it was playoffs, yeah. I ended up uh, having a knee operation, I think, in the January. I ended up with the first of me, first of me nine knee operations at, at January. And that sort of, I didn't, well, I wouldn't have, did I? I, didn't, I wasn't involved, I don't think. I was at, I was at Wembley, obviously, for the for the playoff final. But again, yeah. I can't remember kicking the ball if, if, I, if I did at all that, for the rest of that season. Yeah. I mean, you said you had problems with injury, but again, was there any talk of, you looking elsewhere or trying even trying to get a loan deal to get fitness or anything like that? No, as I say, I don't, I, I'd had the operation, I think maybe it's January, February, and it didn't seem to work. So, as I say, come, come the summer, um, why sort of come the playoffs, I just, I'd still hadn't trained. So, um, no, there was, there was no time me going because I just, I'd say, I just, I just wasn't fit. Um, mm. Spent, I think, the time in the physio room, just, uh, so just trying to figure out what was wrong with me knee. Yeah, I mean, even you know, the following season when we're kind of running away with it. I mean, you when you get the odd chance, I mean, you're scoring goals, you're playing well again. But again, you seem to come in when we've got the odd injury, and then you're back to the bench again. Or <laughs> yeah, it was it was um, it was one of them that year. I knew Christmas. It was probably the time I'd, I could have left the when when Russ went to Man City. Mm. If I'd really wanted to go, I could have pushed and went then. Sort of a previous two years before I did I did leave, but again I always felt I had the ability to get in the team. But said it wasn't till I left. In hindsight, I knew I should have left two years previous. They say I come in. I think from the cold again. And again, I'd had a pre. Uh, this year, this time I'd been fit. I was fit from pre-season all the way through. I think got in. It was maybe October against Grimsby. Managed to score, scored two. I think we win three, one. I think we go and play. I might just have the wrong way around, but I'm sure we go and play Everton in the cup after that game. Yeah. Uh, and beat them on penalties. I played 120 minutes, and then on the Saturday, the Saturday, Paul Veal, I was dropped. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, I've I've just scored two goals, 120 minutes, scored a penalty. <laughs> we beat Everton, and then I'm back on the bench. And again, I think I go from being on the bench to not even being involved. <laughs> Yeah. So you're going from from a high of scoring two, winning Everton, to being on the bench, to being just travelling man again. Uh, the game come in before Christmas, I think again it was uh, against Paul Field, played really well, and we win two nil. Yeah. 
And then we play Palace, I think, on the Tuesday at home. I think we went 2-0, but I might have been taken off. But again, going from not playing any games to going and playing Saturday or Tuesday, sometimes it's easy. You think, well, at least we won. I'll be, I'll be back in Saturday. <laughs> Gone again. You know, and it was, it was, I didn't realise at the time, probably that, so uh, that last year as well, like me, me confidence must have been, I didn't feel it, but it wasn't, as I say, until I left and was somewhere I felt really wanted as the best came from us again. And again, even that in that summer after we get promoted, Reedy was, what do you want? What do you want to stay? Wanted me to stay again. <laughs> You're like, you played me think, four games all season. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I think, again, I just wondered if some of it was because I'd scored that goal. Yeah. Fail, yeah, just, just stay. We'll keep in, but stay. But you're not going to play. You know what I mean? Mm. Just wonder. But again, saying, like, I never, I don't mean, because obviously I'd love playing my son, but for me, career, I think if I'd have left two years earlier, you know, because if you look at that last two years, I didn't really play a lot of football. So mm. it might have been better for me if I'd left. I mean, during that time, obviously, when Sunderland got promoted to the Premier League and you had that conversation with Reid, I mean, were there a lot of offers on the table? Because you ended up signing for Sheffield United, but... There wasn't massive, like, for somebody, as I say, I'd, I'd played so many games and, and scored so many goals. The offers weren't floating in. <laughs> it did yeah. become a bit sort of, uh, hang on a minute. But again, Reid, he'd say, look, if you get nothing, come back. It was, it was yeah. one of them. But I went into Burnley on trial. They offered me a deal. And then I went to Ipswich. And I went down there for five days. They had offered me, they offered me two two year contract, and I was actually driving down to sign for them. Uh, and Adrian Heath just says, "Look, I've managed to come up with something, come to Sheffield United." So I, I kept going to Ipswich and spoke to George Burley and says, "Look, I'm not signing." And he, he was fine to be fair. And mm. I went and signed for, actually for for Sheffield United two days before the season started, which <laughs> was becoming a bit of a worry. <laughs> they say from for sort of. I think I trained five days at Ipswich, maybe four days at Burnley. From sort of a pre-season, I was having to do everything myself, but actually kept myself in really good nick and went into Sheffield United with, with Inchi, obviously, who'd, who'd been at Sunderland with us. Um, sort of my reserve team manager there. Obviously, knew Reedy, uh, knew everything about us, where Reedy wouldn't pick us. Inchi was like, just get here. And Reedy, again, Inchi just, he could get the best out of us. You know, he was, he was great for us and one of the big reasons I went to Sheffield. Yeah, I mean, as you moved to Sheffield United, I mean, do you think, because actually, I mean, you talk about those two years, but I mean, actually, you've almost had four years of being in and out of the side at Sunderland, but do you think that impacted your career in the long term, having having that? Um, again, you, you don't know what happens. See, I had so many injuries, and even when, when I left, you know what I mean? I ended up having, I think, 11 operations. From that first one, the day after the Man United came, I ended up having 11 operations through my career. So it wasn't, I never sort of got rid of that. Uh, there was only maybe one or two seasons where I, I, I got a lot of football in, you know, just, I don't know whether my body just couldn't go, to be honest, you know. And again, it's it's one of them, you just you just think what might have been if, if, if your body had held up. But yeah, so I mean, as I say, from not playing a lot of game, games in four years, just to go somewhere and again, just felt like you were the main man again. Going to Sheffield United and said it, it couldn't have went any better there for me. Turn away saying that I managed to get <laughs> injury was out about October, so <laughs> didn't go so well. It didn't go well for him, but as for me, on just being on the pitch and and, and just scoring goals and saying just uh, 
just enjoying my football again, just knowing I was going to play every week. And then you you moved to, to West Yorkshire to Puddersfield Town for three years and then three years at Northampton after that, where I think, I mean, doing doing a bit of reading about it, I mean, I think as much of a legend in Northampton as you are at Sunderland, look, looking at it. Yeah, yeah, I went, see, I went there. It was one of them at, uh, I left Sheffield United in the January, Neil Warner come in. Um, really enjoyed playing for him actually which you can say but it was uh, it was one of them I got the feeling he was offering me a contract to stay so he could sell me in the summer <laughs> so I thought oh, well, I, might as well, I might as well just go now um, and I was close to signing for Notts Forest and I had to tell David Platt just before the press conference I went in the city ground that I wasn't signing that didn't go down too well <laughs> and then I went across to Huddersfield and did the press conference there in the afternoon but uh, yeah, spent three years at Huddersfield, loved it, loved it there again. Missed a whole year, one year, where I missed 15 months with knee injuries. Um, and then managed to get back in me, me last season in there and the club went into administration. Uh, but again, for me on the pitch, I'd sort of been told the year before, 27, you finished. Like my knees, you, you, your knees shot, you've got no cartilage left. And I was like, that was sort of, wow, that's a pull from the blue. From, from people saying, oh, we're not sure what's wrong, you need to be finished. But again, managed to thought, nah, I'm not having it, and got fit and played more or less the whole season, the year after. We got relegated, but I, I think I scored 98 goals from midfield in a relegated team. So again, bad time for a club, but I was just happy to be back playing and, and doing well and thinking, right, I might get a, a decent move on the back of this. And there was a couple, there was one or two things, but then, Ended up dropping the league two with Northampton again. Uh, it was uh, it was one of them when I first signed Martin Wilkinson. It, it took us on, um, and for the first couple of months I was like, "What the hell have you done coming here?" It was <laughs> it was it was like Billy Smart Circus. It was terrible. It was so unprofessional. I hated it. Well, you had some offers from higher up at the time as well, didn't you? Like you again, there? yeah. Even when I was at Northampton, I could have left and went. I think Barnsley. There was all times I was talking about I could have went back to the championship but, but honestly I just knew my body mm. and if I went I'd be spending more time not playing because just the demands of the higher leagues I just knew I had to find somewhere where I was just my body was comfortable so again say I could have left Northampton after the first year and went to Barnsley as I say I think it was Barnsley but I just thought might be more money but I'm just going to be sat on the physio bench yeah. You know, and it was like I'm I'm not doing I'd rather rather play at levels where I know because he had a great manager, Colin Calder would come in and he was absolutely for me, he was the best manager I had. Just trusted me, sort of my ability. And people might get surprised, but I was very professional by his stage of my career. <laughs> so I loved he's in I loved the sessions he put on. We were so fit and I just I just sort of loved being there. Let's see, I was happy playing football and Going from as going back them years where you didn't play, I was just happy knowing I was first name the team shape if I was fit and I was going to play, you know. So I was, I was just happy there. So I've done three years down there before I decided I wanted to come back to the northeast. Yeah. Before my son grew up with a southern accent, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, the other thing I read was that they were—I mean, you moved back up to Darlington, but uh, Northampton Town were desperate to keep you there, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Yeah, I mean, Colin had left; he'd gone to Notch Forest. If he'd stayed, I mean, we got promoted. I mean, two years on the bounce, I got done with Northampton in the playoffs. But the last year was there; we actually got up, and so it was—it was a big decision to leave. Say, but Colin had left, gone to Notch Forest. And I just thought, 
I knew I knew my body didn't have a lot longer left. You know, I, I, I was really fighting to, to train day day. And I just thought if I'm ever going to have a chance to go back, sort of up north, which I want to do, uh, finish up here anyway. Uh, now to do it, and then Darlington came on, Dave Hodgson uh, came on to us, and he just says, uh, like, if you're not going to come back up, we'd love to take you. So it was it was a tough decision to leave North Plant. They'd done, as I say, they'd done everything. John Gorman come around my house. Ian Sampson, people son of fans remember he come round mm. trying to convince us to stay, but I say it just it just felt the time was right to come back home because as I say I, I knew I wasn't gonna play very much longer. I might as well leave them on a high before they were sick of us. So mm. yeah, come back up with, with Hodgie, which was great. And uh, he knew what he knew sort of what I was about and he knew I wouldn't pass a medical. So I went in to see the physio and he, he says, Can you touch your toes? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I didn't worry. Oddie's just said we've got to sign you anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, so I come back. And I, I, actually, a really good first year at Darlington. Scored a couple of the best goals I've scored in my career. And uh, Hodgie was Hodgie again. Hodgie, but Hodgie didn't last. I think Hodgie lasted till about October. Dave Penny come in, uh, but he was, he was great. But again, Towards the end of the season, I was just starting to feel my knee again. So I played sort of maybe the last two months. No one get the summer. I'm going to have to have an operation again. So I was got that summer and 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 went in and and got what I was hoping was just going to be a clear out. But it, they sort of said this is basically nothing left in there. It's like bone on bone. Mm, yeah. So I knew it was going to be tough coming back, and I did. I, I got back. I played a couple of couple of reserve, a uh, couple of first team games, but. I remember, I think I was playing Macclesfield and somebody just sort of give me a good, strong tackle. Nothing out of the ordinary. My knee just went up like a balloon. So sort of then I, I knew that was it. And then sort of come there, probably had about a month, six weeks to try and do something with it, but it, it wasn't right. So we just agreed to sort of mutual contract and uh, that was it. Paid me up and I was retired from the professional game. Yeah. yeah. Did you play one one game for Kettering as well a couple of years later? I right? went to, yeah, I went my mate was uh, Lee Arthur was in charge who I was at Northampton with he got the mm. job and uh, he just says what are you doing I said well I, I, again time scale I might not be right but I'd left Darlow left yeah, yeah they got the summer maybe went down there and I, I drove down on Saturday morning and got there and I played actually ended up coming on against against Darling <laughs> of all the teams <laughs> and I think I played about 25 minutes and sort of hops I went and saw hops after mm. He said, oh, what you signed for us? He said, we've got a game Tuesday. I said, yeah. I said, I will, mate. I said, look, I said, I'll keep yourself right in the north face, but I kind of be coming down here to train Tuesday, Thursday night. He said, no, no, just do what you want, like, as long as you play on Saturday. And then he, he rang us on the Monday. And he says, oh, he says, the chairman, he says, we can't sign anybody as old as you. And I was like, what? I says, what? And he says, oh, because it was that chairman who was an absolute crackpot. Mm. And I said, oh, I said, just didn't get in trouble with the chairman for me. You know what I mean? I said, I'm not that bothered. I said, yeah. Took me four hours to get home on Saturday, you know what I mean, mate. So, yeah, so I played one game for them. And then, again, ended up playing twice for Blythe. I did two, two, two games for Blythe. But they were there. I played on a Saturday and a Tuesday, both home games. And then the manager after says, oh, right, lads, we're not trained Thursday, but we'll be meeting at half six on Saturday morning to travel there somewhere and I was like half oh, past six <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking it's like 
I'd play, you know, I'd played at a good level, so it was like I can't be getting up at half six to travel to play in front of one man in dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even though I was like happy to be back, you know, still yeah. could do. But, so I went and played uh, like Neil Hickson had been on to me for Sunderland RC ever since I'd sort of left on. He says, "But just come play the Northern League." And he says, "You'll get." He, I says, well, "I told him I was going to play." He says, "You not want to do the travelling." Where you've been playing, and this, he says, You're not going to want to do the travel, and so on. So I just rang him and said, hey, Hickey, you were right. So I went and I went and played six months at Sun and RCA, which I absolutely loved. Yeah, yeah it's fantastic. We'll get on to the, the modern day, and you you now a consultant at uh, Mark Gabardini's Quantum Sport. So, what's the yeah. role of consultant involved? Um, you just scout and trying to, to look after player. I mean, it's just a, another name for an agent, really. Mm. But I'm not, I'm not, not an agent, I'm not qualified but I uh, I just said I was at base soccer I actually when Danny Rose come to Sunderland I helped do that mm. for base soccer so yeah I was I was at base uh, for five years and then I just I, I left them and, and sort of did well I, I had a couple of things I was hoping to do but I was playing Sunday morning football and <laughs> guess what the old injury stuck again I don't be Achilles playing up at Silk with Sky Slope <laughs> believe it or not <laughs> of all the places yeah I think we'll get a beat at the time, and I just, uh, I'd actually, I believe not, the last shot I probably ever had was as a uh, side player, I stuck over the barn, so it was so slow, it's like a half volley, <laughs> which I would back myself nine times out of ten at the target, I skied it, and back the half wheel, and the keep kicked the ball in the air, and I uh, just took it took it down the thigh and pushed off, and I just felt an almighty just whack in the back of my uh, calf, and I turned around, I'd, I'd looked, I didn't think there was anybody near and I sort of got up and I said, this guy, what the F and L are you doing? And he says, mate, I was nowhere near. And I actually fell the bang. So it was, wow. I'd done the Achilles up there. And it was uh, it was basically two lads on the shoulders, chucked me on the side of the pitch mm. and says, we need your shirt. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> this is how it's all ended. <laughs> and I hobbled up to the car park on my own. <laughs> and... Uh, Partly ruptured me Achilles, so I was on the uh, I was on the set e for about six months. So going from leaving the job to hopefully going into something else, that was just out the window. So ended up having to go back into this side of things. So yeah, just working for working for uh, Quantum Sport now, just doing sort of the bits and pieces on the agency side. But obviously, the way things are at the minute, everything's everything's yeah. really quiet. Yeah, I mean, does your your role take you uh, back to the stadium like much, or are you all over the place? I go to as many home games as I can. My son's, my son loves it. It's, it's one of the, the things we've, I've had him at Wembley's and mm. we've been to a few away games and we close as often as we can in the home games. So, yeah, I, I get there. I mean, I can, there's times when I go on the inside, but I, I still like just driving across, parting mm. up with my mum and dad's up the top of Newcastle Road and just walking down with my son to the game. You know, it's just, mm. just what I used to do. It's it's good. If I fancy a few pints, I'll, I'll ditch you, Mike. But uh, <laughs> no, so yes, yeah, I still go, still go when I can. Yeah, yeah. I've just started taking my uh, six-year-old to the poor little bugger. He doesn't know what he's in. Ah, for. I know. I mean, he even said the other day, he's dad like, <laughs> gonna be the worst time ever. <laughs> he's trying yeah. fun. And you well, think, mm, probably right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as a, as a fan, what what do you see now when you look at the club? <sighs> it's 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 disappointing it's got to be from where we were again talking to my son and you just you see goals like defaults and you just think geez, that's not even that long ago mm. you know what I mean how far we've fallen it's criminal really just sort of mismanagement and wrong appointments 
as I say, just to see where we are now and just to see how we're going to get out of it. That's the thing. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it is. It's it's disappointing when you think, I say, when I first start going, you, you always have hopes that you're going to be in the top leagues and we've had some good times, but to be sort of lower than where we are when I first started yeah. going, it's just, it's, it's, it's sort of hard to take. Yeah, well, you know, we'll maybe need some uh, fun. Who knows how the inside of the game works, Martin? No, never know. I think there's so many things that have gone wrong, wrong appointments, haven't there? And say for all the money, Ellis Short put in, just probably is appointing the wrong people to look after a day for him. You know, say what could have been so different. Just hopefully, as I say, it's, uh, it's talk of investment and people taking over now, which I think for. If we're going to move forward, I think it's probably it's probably needed. Yeah, we've been here before, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> it gets a bit more tiring. The old you've got to be, but you've become a bit more realistic. Yeah, I feel like such a I feel like such a bad parent getting him a ticket for the match. When I, when I get <laughs> right, and finally, I've done this with a few others, and I found one for yourself. So I thought I'd I'd do this with you, see how you get on. What I've dug out is. The Sunderland Annual from 1995. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my, I, I know I've got Mark was on the front, is he? Uh, no, no, 95. You're on the front. Um, yeah, you're on the front with uh, Phil Gray and Jim Baxter's on the front. As right. Well. So there you go. But, I always um, think the one with Mark won with the Hummel strip. No, that was that was 91. Was where it? Where he's going up for the header. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's, that's 91. So the Martin Smith fact file, so you would have been, what, about 20? Um, oh. Around this time, what was so, going on in my head then? Yeah, well, well, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got in here. We've got your all-time uh, top five favorite records. Oh. So, what what do you think was in your top five as a twenty? Top five madness will have been in there. Nope, no madness. No, no. <laughs> shock with the first one. The weirdest. No, no. No, I, I think you're trying to save yourself, considering what I'm reading. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm trying to think what I would have said. One must be there, then, are they? No, they might have made it up, of course. I don't know, that's the other option. Well, I can't remember the 95 <laughs> books, so I think I might have. Right. Um, I, I can bring you out your misery. Yes, yes, we've got Brian. 69? Yes, number one, that's right, right at the top. Yeah, that was your top. Wild Boys? <laughs> no, 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 that's not that. I, I can uh, if you're going to be embarrassed even more I can go through the four in case you mentioned anything else uh, oh, that was the first record of all why boys I thought oh well we've got a number two we've got which you you know you know you get your bit of respect back with this one you get uh, with or without you you two right and then number three you've got uh, dignity dig and blue oh, I still like a bit of dignity especially after yeah. a few wheels oh yeah and then you've got um, at number four you've got love is all around wet 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 <laughs> <laughs> and then at number number five, of course, soundtrack of the Premier League. Oh well, oh. year later. But you've got to, don't you forget about me, Simple Minds. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, yeah. After eleven o'clock on a Saturday night, if I've had a few in the house, most of them will still come on. To be honest. <laughs> and a bit of wham and Duran Duran. <laughs> Well, on that note, I just want to say I've really enjoyed that, Martin, catching up with you. It's been brilliant no and really appreciate your time. So so thank you very much for that. Really enjoyed it. Good stuff. I hope we'll catch up soon, but that, that was fantastic. Sport, Chris. Okay, well, we'll speak to everyone soon. Bye for now.
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.